Hi, everybody. Welcome to a Summit Special podcast today. And our special guest is Matt Matera. He's a Naval Career Military Officer who specializes in informational warfare. Isn't that a kick? Wow, can't wait to hear. And he served our nation honorably for over two decades. His personal life experiences have uniquely equipped him to be a leader on the battlefield in our war on suicide, which is what we're gonna talk about today. You know, while our nation steadily recovers and returns to some sense of normalcy after being battered almost a year and a half by this corona pandemic, we've got another killer on the loose, stealing lives, and I'm talking about suicide. Estimates now show that every day in the United States, we're losing about 130 human lives, and the numbers, well, they just keep rising. You know, it's a top 10, if you can imagine, a top 10 leading cause of death for all ages. It's also dramatically impacting our armed forces. This steady plague of self-destruction has ravished our culture way too long. So today, along with Matt, we declare war on suicide. Matt, thanks for being with us today and sharing from your own personal experiences. And although it, I feel awkward in having never been through this, but having friends, how have you and your family been impacted by this suicide? I gotta guess, beyond words or devastation, I just can't imagine. Uh, first of all, thank you, Rick, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, so when I was six years old, I lost my dad to a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm fast forwarding, uh, I joined the military and I'm um, stationed overseas. My little brother who never met our dad, my mom was just a couple months pregnant with him at the time. Oh, wow. Um, he died from an overdose and I had to bury him in the same cemetery next to our dad. Hmm. Um, and that was really a crisis of faith for, for me. Moving forward a couple months later, uh, I lost uh, an uncle of mine on my mom's side of the family, a, a guy I was really close to, um, and uh, he took his own life. And uh, he was buried in a veteran cemetery down in Maryland. Uh, so now I'm really in a point where, God, I don't want to talk to you. I'll call you if I need you. Wow. And then, and then moving forward, uh, in 2007, I'm stationed overseas in another location, my family and I. And I'm outside where I'm watching the Jeep, and I get a phone call from a cousin of mine. And uh, he tells me that one of his younger sisters had ended her own life tragically. So we buried a cousin next to my little brother, next to my dad. Mm. Um, like I said, the other uncle was buried in a uh, cemetery in Maryland. So that's, that's one, two, three, four people now. Um, so now we move forward again to 2012, um, overseas conducting the nation's business. And I get an email that an uncle of mine, another uncle I'm very, very close to, um, he tragically ended his own life. Um, and what's unique about that though is, as painful as that was, I was, key and strategically placed with some fellow brothers, not just brothers in the military, but also brothers in arms. And they were able to really pick me up when I had fist-sized holes in my shield. Um, and so I was able to fly back home and bury an uncle next to my cousin, next to my little brother, next to my dad, all in that same cemetery. Moving forward from there, um, I walked through a parent's worst nightmare. Uh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Uh, I walked in the house shortly after my oldest daughter had violently taken her own life the same way I lost my, my, her grandfather, my dad. Mm. Um, and so that's six people over the span of 30 years from my dad to my daughter. 
uh, that this specter of suicide stole. And when I thought to myself, first my dad, then my little brother, all these other people, but then you took my kid, and now I'm coming after you. And I got all of heaven back and behind me now, so. Wow, that is an amazing, tragic story, but amazing that you've remained whole. And uh, uh, although shaken, yeah. not, not totally in despair, uh, you went down, but you didn't stay down. That's right. And, you, and, and through God's grace, encouragement, His Word, others, I suppose, and just the goodness of God towards you, He decided to turn your pain into gain so you can bless and help other people right. through your suffering. And I love that. I, I hope we can do a smackdown WWF on the devil. That's right. Because it's, we know we all are, are temporal. We're going to die. But we don't want to die by self-inflicted uh, damage to ourselves. That's not natural. The will to live's got to be one of the greatest urges of the human body, the will to live. And when that's gone, we're finished. So we've got to, I know we're going to learn today a little little bit about how to recognize things that are wrong and how to, how to take some steps to prevent this horrible tragedy. Thank you for that, Matt. Based on your own personal experience and family history, do you think possibly there are some biological, mental, or spiritual aspects to this tragic epidemic? Yeah, great question, Rick. So I think it's all the above, body, mind, and spirit. We're three-part beings. Uh, God created us with obviously a physical body. We have our soul. And then this thing called suicide crosses into a third portion of the terrain, and that is the spiritual as well. Yeah, and possibly some, some people have sometimes, I hear from some of our doctors, there, there is also sometimes a natural uh, biological chemical uh, imbalance, but it can be corrected. That's right. The good news today, no matter how dark we may talk about a, a subject here, there is hope. It is not hopeless, right? That's right. That's there right. is hope for recovery and for prevention. Do you think that suicide is a standalone problem or that there are a lot of variable factors at work? So a lot of times, the way we're attacking suicide right now as a, as a culture, as a society, it's we're attacking as if it's something by itself. You can't put somebody under an x-ray machine and say, oh, there's the suicide, let's cut mm -hmm. it out, or Good. put a bandage on it. Yeah. Suicide, I say, is the fatal outcome of several critical factors that come into dangerous alignment. So it's a complex problem set. And once we see that, we can uh, adjust course. So we want to go back before the end result, which is a fatality, and look at those variables that could be corrected or addressed yes, to prevent the terrible end result. In your book, you talk about information consumption and how it's connected to what, uh, I think you use the term, uh, mental m metabolism. Yes, Did sir. I get that right? Yep. Mental metabolism. Yep. Very interesting thought. Can you explain what that means and how it's connected to the increase in suicides in our Western culture? So. God's Word talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the washing of the Word. It talks about how the, the ears and the eyes are gateways into our hearts and mind. So hearts and mind, God talks about that. that, that that's our spiritual portion of sure. us. So just like the food that we take in, if it is laden with um, toxic ingredients, toxic additions to that, it's going to have a cascade effect, negative cascade effect on our physiology. So the information that we take in through our eyes and ears, enduring themes and messages. So what I mean is, if we're taking in themes and messages that propagate health, prosperity, life and hope, yeah. then the cascade effect is going to be positive. Likewise, wouldn't the same hold true then? If I'm taking in uh, means and medium, themes and messages that are laced with death, 
destruction and despair, well then the cascade effect is going to be negative. And that's where our informational diet, metabolized by our mind, our mental yeah. metabolism, really plays a huge part that's not talked about when it comes to the fatal result of suicide. So we become what we eat. That's right. Whether it's in words, books, television, yeah. social media. And I imagine among the, uh, especially the young adult culture with Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook, uh, social media has got a lot of hate and a lot of bad information in it. Right. And our kids are chewing that up like candy right. all the time. And right. occasionally they they take to court someone who says, well, she was she was uh, bullying this girl and told her to kill herself uh, on social media. And I, I find... Where are your parents? Right. I, I, I'm sorry, but maybe I'm old school, but I'm thinking, how did you end up here and the parents have no clue what's going on right. at all? Yeah. Bad information is messing everybody up. And in our culture today, we've got media bias by every network to some degree, mm -hmm. uh, almost fake journalism uh, <laughs> where they, they don't actually report the news, they spin the news for their agenda or their ideas ideology and it's almost you want to say who do you believe right. who do you trust today it's uh, it's very contaminated I know from from reading in your book that recent numbers from the CDC show suicides been uh, up maybe 60% in teens youth and over the last 15 or so years it's continued to climb but we don't seem to be able to wrap our arms around the cause so based on your expertise, what do you believe might be the prime contributing factor? So talking about that one demographic of youth and teens, the past 15 years, let's go back to 2007, something came on the world stage back in 2007 that uh, we're doing kind of putting our hands up in the air, we don't know what caused it, and then we look as we realize, oh wow, 2007, the smartphone was released, something made by adults for adults, it has nested in informational power apparatuses known as social media. So, you know, in my profession, in my job, I look at cell phone, social media, and then the greater scheme of information as a whole as a weapon system. If I can get somebody to think a certain way, I can get them to think a certain way. Okay. So if we're talking about the target demographic of youth and teens, these kids that are consuming this, that the represent the primary data payload of these devices, they're also the fastest rising demographic, 60% in the past 15 years. Well, let's crosswalk and see what happened 15 years ago, and it really unleashed a force multiplier for informational power on the world stage, having this a cascade effect similar to when Henry Ford perfected the assembly the line, assembly line yeah. for the automobile. Yeah. There were a cascade of unintended consequences. Gee. Now we need speed limits, now we need yeah. uh, seat belts, and all these other laws, so likewise, uh, I would tell the parents, hey, look, you need to be very mindful of the the information that your children are ingesting through their eyes and ears. What are the themes and messages of it, whether it be yeah. the social media, you said, Rick, the music, and yeah. then, of course, the entertainment through movies and television. Yeah, and the peer the peer group that they hang oh, around, gosh, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that must be enormous as well, maybe, maybe even a, a higher factor right. for cause. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yourself having a teenager and having lost a teenager and with your background and studies, are there some things we can be aware of or watch for, symptoms of uh, for our own kids or children if we have them, or if we want to help maybe an adult as well? Yeah. I imagine the signs are similar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So 
you know, Elizabeth, uh, before she passed away, I watched her slowly disappear before my eyes. Uh, she went from playing with uh, Barbie dolls, wearing pink dresses and bows, to her outward climate started to change. It became a reflection of what was going on here and here. Mm. Her language also started to change, and the, the peers that she was orbiting around started to change. And then finally, the music that she was listening to really became a soundtrack for the battlefield that was going on in her mind. And I say soundtrack because I love action movies. We liked a lot of the same sure, movies. So take, sure. take the scene in Gladiator, and just before he says, are you not entertained, take the soundtrack out and replace that soundtrack with uh, Brahms' Lullaby, I want a Beethoven. It doesn't work yeah. because music is a force multiplier Absolutely. for information. So then I would tell the parents, look at the lyrics your kids are, are what, what, what are they reading? Mm. The, the music amplifies that. And so if these lyrics are talking about uh, themes of depression, de de death, and despair, it's going to reinforce whatever seams and gaps spiritually that they were already experiencing. Mm -hmm. Seams and gaps emotionally. The adversary seeks to inject his venom, his informational venom, into those wounds. And so it's up to wow. parents to really keep their finger on the pulse of what is, your, what is the stuff your kids are taking in through their eyes and ears. Wow. So are there some things we can be doing right now, Matt, to retake this battlefield in the war on suicide? Yeah, so um, some of the first things that come to my mind is, you know, as leaders in the church, as, as parents in our home, we have to uh, be very mindful, keeping our finger on the pulse of what are we letting in through our television, what's going in through the social media on your phone, what is being played through the speakers of your car and your house, uh, and also understand that we have a lot of great Christian uh, psych, psych, uh, mental health professionals Sure. that act as a really a partner in this battlefield and they have unique Holy Spirit enhanced discernment to realize that hey this adversary he's waging this war not just on us physically not just on emotionally but also on a spiritual level and all of it coalesces causing a perfect storm and we wow. as we as leaders in the church we are the preeminent voice of authority on this battlefield I believe yeah I, I would say this as a as I'm a grandparent now but it was easier when I was a kid I mean even though I'm older than you are, it, I bet even in your day it wasn't quite as uh, difficult navigating life as it is for teenagers, young people today, even adults yeah. in our culture. I know when I went to school, the only bad thing that could happen was you could you could get drunk on beer on the weekend, and they were closed on Sunday, right. so we had blue laws. Uh, you could smoke in the bathroom and get caught, or a girl could get pregnant. Nobody got stabbed, shot. Nobody. Uh, we had no. Uh, we had no mass killing. It. It was simple. It was a simple time. But those days are gone. You know, Elvis has left the building and he's not coming back. So it is a complex deal. I know even as an an, an older senior citizen adult, when I see something on TV or I hear something or I I watch uh, something on television in a presentation. The word of God in me, Amelia jumps up and says, what a lie. Yeah. Just what an absolute lie. Yeah. I can have it all. Uh, stuff like that. It, it just, it's contrary to clear scripture. And, and I think I'm a normal guy. Uh, I don't think I'm hyper-religious and I'm not a, a party pooper or anything. I think I'm, I'm hip. I'm with what's going on. But boy, when I see a lie about life, about the outcome of having this or being this, I thought, where's your brain? 
does anybody think about, you know, we had, we had a carload of guys, three, four, shoot up a, a club in Miami, innocent people coming out, and just decided to shoot them up. And I thought, who told you that's going to be a good idea? Yeah. The mind, how people think yeah. is being shaped by culture, peer pressure, media, social media, and I, I, I'm alarmed by it. Now, Matt, here's a good question because you know and I know this comes up all the time. With the loss of your daughter, did you run into any type of Christian comeback about uh, the loss of their salvation or the fact that they couldn't go to heaven because they committed suicide, something to that effect? Yeah, so, and that's one of the things I address in the book, too, is what are some of the commonly held beliefs by the church or Christians Mm -hmm. about suicide and are they helpful or harmful? And so I think there's a lot of bad gouge out there, and it's just garbage. And what it does is it's not helpful in... First off, the mitigation of the problem set, number one. Two, mm-hmm. folks that have to, you know, been tragically, this, they've been thrust on this terrible road. Um, and I've heard that before. And so, you know, thank God I was, uh, I've been rooted in the ground and I have a very good foundation. So I understand how to, how to flush that real quick. But that's a lot of, that's a commonly held myth that's out there. And I think it's, and if, we're, if we, the church, are going to get ahead of this problem and be the leading voice on this battlefield, one of the first things we're going to, have to do is start flushing that garbage. Yeah, and it, it leads, I mean, it leads to despair and de- yeah. depression. Can you imagine telling a parent something like like that? Uh, I, I think I referred one time to Samson. I said, Samson, you know, he committed suicide, and he's in, he's in our Hebrew Hall of Faith. He's, a, he's definitely a person we're going to know in heaven right. as a man of faith. Was he flawed? Everybody in there was terribly flawed. And then I say this about a suicide. I even heard it at 911 when people were jumping from the World Trade Center or burning to death. And I'm saying, you think that I, a follower of Jesus, decide I'll either stay here and be incinerated or I'll jump and end this thing quickly that somehow that uh, obliterates my justification by faith. I thought, you, you need a brain surgery. I would jump in a second rather than burn to a crisp. That's right. Uh, it, because it has nothing to do with being justified by faith, whatever. And then I like to pitch this little deal because I did, I did one of these funerals in Malibu for an entertainer, and it was very helpful to the people. I says, is it how fast we die that makes it a sin. I says, there are people watching right now who have already started killing yourself on alcohol, on drugs, and abuse to your body. You are dying, but you're dying slowly. We may not see you actually pass away for 10, 15 years. And then somebody does it quickly. So I said, is speed what makes it a sin? I said, what rubbish, what nonsense. Jesus paid it all. And some people don't know what what options they have. They don't know how to treat what's wrong and how to recover. And that's that's sad and tragic, but even sadder for Christians to put guilt, shame, and condemnation on somebody who had no hope and didn't know how to cope and ended their life. It doesn't end their justification or sanctification because Jesus paid that price, not that person. And could I say this uh, as well, Matt, because you've written a book, and I want to talk about it in just a second, give you a chance to talk about it. But as we wrap up, always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you might have. If you're in a crisis 
or you think you might have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. 24 hours a day, and you get to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you're located outside the United States and you're watching today, call your local emergency line immediately because there is help for you. This is not a hopeless situation. Hey, Matt, tell us the name of the book you've written and it's just been released and how people can get a copy. So Hope, a memoir, My Journey of Love, Loss, and Faith, uh, just released on Monday. And uh, so this is, it's more than a memoir in the sense that I'm not just talking about once upon a time, all these things happen, we live happily ever after. I give the reader a unique inside baseball perspective. They're going to have that boots on the, round, on the ground insight into what it looks like, uh, the signs, the symptoms. Uh, they walk with me every step of the way. I tell people all the time, get a box of Kleenex, get a couple chocolates with you, and uh, mm -hmm. you're going to need to really just uh, prayerfully read through this because you're going to get some insight into what that battlefield on this, of, of, against suicide looks like. And at the very back of the book, I give some takeaways and kind of say, okay, so now that I've, we've walked all the way through this, and you can kind of see where I stitch the instances where um, yeah. I saw those signs and symptoms, what can we do about it now? What's the way ahead? So uh, it's going to really bless wow. people, and I think this is going to be a game changer in this battle against suicide. So how can people get a copy of that book? Go to Amazon. Uh, and uh, you can go to Amazon, look, my, look up my last name. You can look up Hope, the, a memoir of my journey of love, loss, and faith. And uh, go ahead, you can get the ebook. There's a limited time promotion right now to download the ebook for free. You can also get a copy. I, I'm telling people, get a copy for yourself, get a copy for your friends. And, uh, get or someone you know, right? Or someone you know. That's having right. some of these kind of problems. That's right. This, this, is a, this is a game changer, and it gives that insight perspective into this battle against suicide. So I'm excited about and it. And I think spiritually it can run in a family line. I know I knew I grew up hearing about the Kennedy curse. That's right. Uh, people who, who die these tragic deaths in, in one, one relative after another, and you've had six. Yeah. And I'm thinking sometimes that's a spiritual curse. Yeah. And as a believer in Christ, Jesus died, became a curse that you might inherit a blessing. Yeah. We can break that curse right. through Jesus Christ so that it doesn't get passed to the next generation. And Matt, I, this is just a side note, but I imagine the scripture give and you shall receive is related way more than just to money. But uh, as you share with people your own journey, your own pain, I imagine it helps yeah. in a healing process. I don't think you, as a dad, I think every time my birthday would roll around or Christmas, I'd see the face of my daughter, uh, I can imagine, or son, that's not ever going to go away. But I imagine sharing helps a little yeah. bit, e even for you, because yeah. I talked to a mother uh, mad, mothers against drunk driving, who lost their precious daughter, who started this whole thing. Mm. I had the privilege to meet her and speak. And she said, being able to tell my story and help others has been the greatest therapy for me in spite of the tragedy. That's right. So I, I think that's a, a good thing. So you can at least help someone today. Matt's book, uh, uh, checking out some of the resources that are available to help people. But Matt, thanks a million Thank for you. sharing. I know sure. it's 
brief, but thank you for sharing this journey. And I hope people will get the book. We'll make it available here at Summit Christian Center as well. We're so glad you're watching today. And I'd like to just close in prayer. Father, we ask you to bless our listening audience today. Those who may be affected by suicide, those who are going through emotional or mental trauma, especially during this COVID crisis, people locked in, children out of school, uh, people out of work, stress beyond measure. I pray for their help, their health, and hope. I pray you'll help people navigate this difficult time with hope through Jesus Christ, through your word, through certain medical treatments and counseling, to believe that there is hope beyond despair. You are the God of all hope. Comfort those that have been through a loss. Be and sustain and strengthen those with a deliverance that are caught in this trap at the moment to see there's no need to continue to despair. There's a way through and a way out of this horrible tragedy. I pray you'll bless Matt. I pray you'll bless this book, its distribution, so that it'll help hundreds of thousands of people. Thank you for this day, for this interview, and may it be a blessing to all who watch. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Thanks, Matt. Yes, we sir. love you, of course. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bless you.